can I multiply there? Eight times five thousand, you're forty grand a month in revenue. Yeah, you could get projected roughly in that that range, sure. Well, I don't want projected though. Is that where you're at currently? Is that what you did last month? I think I'll hold back on the uh, on the total revenue per month at the moment. I'm not sure that we're ready to to go live with that. You are listening to conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster, minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Nick Zeketz. He's a two-time founder, first exited in 2018, now dedicated to product-led growth and in love with the transition of B2B marketing to B2C experiences. He's a Bostonian by way of Georgia and many other places, now building airtrafficcontrol.io. Nick, you ready to take us to the top? <laughs> sure am. All right. So what is air traffic control? Yeah, really simply, it... Uh... It makes true human-specific personalization possible in any other piece of software. Okay. And so what does that mean exactly? Yeah. By and large, when you think about marketing and what marketing means and why it's hard, a lot of people are leaning into this idea of personalization. And when they say personalization, what they really mean is harder and harder and more demanding versions of segmentation. That, uh, that just doesn't scale. Right. Uh, and, and frankly, marketing has hit the breaking point where uh, account based marketing, segmentation based marketing um, has broken the human barrier and, and humans can't make it work any better. And yet the demand to personalize engagement remains. So what we do is we use machine learning to deeply understand the behavior of humans, not clicks and moments spent on Web pages, but more importantly, the subject matter that people have engaged with. And then what we're able to do is dynamically and automatically without anybody at a customer having to set any new rules, but still using the software that they're used to, simply uses a new set of things like merge tags or content blocks that will serve up content of any kind to each and every individual human across email, web, chat, anything else um, in real time that has been chosen for them, the result being Know, better engagement rates, higher conversion rates, et cetera. And what are customers paying you on average to use this technology you've built? Yeah, so our model is a consumption-based model. So every time somebody sees something that's been personalized to them, it's two and a half cents. So for a very small business that maybe has a couple hundred pieces of content and not many uh, monthly visitors or, or email uh, recipients, it might be you know 50 to 100 to 200 bucks a month. For a large media business, it could be $100,000 a month. That's a massive range. What's the sweet spot? What's the average? Yeah, for us, we're right in there, uh, right around anywhere between 5 and 10K per month. 
okay, let's just go with 5K per month. I wanna paint the picture of this hypothetical customer, someone that's paying you 5K per month, about how many content pieces that are customized are they delivering per month? Yeah, so it's a really great question. Um, it all depends upon their volume and diversity of their market and the volume and diversity of their own content. But what you're really kind of thinking about is tens of thousands of personalized experiences happening across the course of the month. We do try to inform their content strategy by saying, here's the stuff that's working, the subject matter that's working and not working for you relative to your efforts, to your community, the people who are engaging with that or not. Um, but you know, if a, an organization has a couple hundred pieces of say blog posts or white papers or um, product descriptions, um, you know, the, the permutations could be incredibly voluminous, but you're talking about anywhere between 50 to a hundred thousand, you know, personalized moments a month. And Nick, when did you found the company? What year? So we went into R and D a couple of years ago. Um, we were legal, uh, about, uh, nine months ago. Uh, we started going to market four months ago and, uh, three months and 30 days ago, we were revenue positive. Um, and, and we've just been building pipelines since then. How many customers do you have today? Right now we are, uh, proof of concepted or more at eight. So okay. not a whole lot. Well, that's okay. I mean, this is sort of, you know, you're learning, right? You got to get people onboarded. Um, yeah. th that being said though, I, I am a bit surprised with the, the range you just gave me on, on ACVs so early, usually people try and focus on a specific use case for their first 10, 20, hundred customers. You have people sure. paying you a lot a month and some paying a hundred bucks a month. Oh no, that's the range of what's possible. We don't have anybody paying us a hundred bucks a month. We have no time for that. Everything right now is enterprise B2B marketing organizations with at least 500 pieces of content, more than 50,000 people that they're endeavoring to touch a month through web and email. Um, we're predominantly looking to activate web content over email, right? So that outbound activity being personalized to every individual that they're reaching out to. So not dealing with as much real-time effort, um, which also keeps our technology costs lower. So just um, to be clear, the eight, the eight customers paying you today, they're, they're all north of $5,000 a month in revenue. Yeah, and, for sure. That's and right. Spend. Got it. So you're north then, I mean, can I multiply there? Eight times 5,000, you're 40 grand a month in revenue? Yeah, you could get projected roughly in that that range, sure. Well, I don't want projected though. Is that where you're at currently? Is that what you did last month? I think I'll hold back on the uh, on the total revenue per month at the moment. I'm not sure that we're ready to to go live with that. Okay, I'm asked. I'm, I'm just multiplying the numbers you've already given me, right? You said five thousand dollars was the act the average ARPU, and you said eight customers. Why can't I just multiply those? Sure, <laughs> if you would like to multiply them, that's fine. The range is pretty diverse, but yes, that is okay. Okay. Is it accurate? Roughly. Sure. Okay. Yes. So the reason I bring that out is because that's impressive. If you've gone from nothing to $40,000 a month in revenue in four months, I want to learn mm -hmm. about that. Yeah. Well, so I think it's really important to know where it is that we came from. Last business that we built and we exited in 2018 was a marketing automation platform built on the concept of personalization. What, what now, company that was, was that? It was called Quadrangle. Um, it was built specifically for higher education. The mistake that we made was building all the features on top of a personalization engine. So as we exited that business, we did reasonably well. The issue was, and our recognition was that the intelligence we had underlying our feature set was really the product. Um, and we had made the mistake of building the feature set on top. And uh, as we started to roll out of that, we had a really good sense 
a lot of MarTech companies were trying to figure out how to do exactly this, right? How do we deliver personalization? And they were doing it because their customers were asking them to deliver on personalization. And what was happening is the market was basically building, uh, you know, more and more and more tools for tagging your content and for creating more segments and for creating dynamic logic to line content and humans up, but really content and segments was the best that was happening out there. And, um, and so the demand is incredibly well understood. Um, and lots of big companies have been marketing the value of personalization and marketing leadership is convinced that it's real. So we weren't pitching a market that didn't know that this was important. What they didn't know is that personalization and segmentation aren't the same thing. They've been sold as the same thing. They are not. And so as we've walked in and said, hey, we know your pain point is connecting all these dots back in with a ton of logic. Um, but what you really want to do is actually have a machine take over and do the personalization. They all say, oh, my God, yes, you're right. Right. And all we have to do to get in is just say, all right, we'll just connect to the tools that you already have. That's not really going to cost you anything. And then as you scale up, right, you'll scale up spend because you'll see the success against the use. Mm -hmm. I guess let me ask a different question with yeah. with the product feature set you currently have. And the initial set of beta users you're working with, do you feel like you can break a million dollars in AR by the end of this year? Does it feel doable? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I have absolutely no doubt that we'll be over a million in year one. Okay, amazing. So, 22, okay, so you get going here 2020. Flesh out the team for me here. Who are you working with? How many people? Yep. Yeah, so, there at the moment, there are three of us. Um, we suspect you know, probably by the end of Q2, it'll probably be more like five or six. We just hired somebody yesterday, another developer. How many developers um, total? Don't need a lot of people. Two, two, okay. right? Two with a hire yesterday. Yeah, so pretty lean. Um, but the good news is the API itself is remarkably simple, right? And the integrations, you know, most everything now is OAuth, uh, and that really that standard has made it a lot easier to kind of be able to connect into the stuff that people are using. So it really simplifies, you know, our our go to market. Have you have you bootstrapped the business or did you raise capital? 100% bootstrapped. 100, okay, and, and did you learn? I mean, I think you raised five or 600 at the last company. You learn anything from that? Oh, we, we raised more than that. Um, how, yeah, much did you, how much did you raise at Quadrangle? Uh, we were at a couple of million by the time all is said and done um, in a handful of, of weird rounds. You know, the, the reality is um, you can get so much further along um, if you're really smart about product-led growth and really smart about unique nuance use cases Right. It's like, could we do a million things? Sure. You know, do we have the ability to scale up and down? Sure. But do we know that B2B marketers who believe that inbound matters, um, you know, are, are feeling extreme pain? Absolutely. So we're really focused on a particular subset of the market. Um, and, and doing that means that we can get to revenue pretty quickly. And frankly, not being in higher ed anymore, higher ed is really averse to kind of paying for you to get to product. Um, and the corporate space says, look, I could see the demo. I know that it'll work for us, but I mean, I think the challenge you're going to run into is the same thing you heard in the snowflake IPO when Frank Slootman is walking through their usage based billing, which is you have instances where people scale up their usage so much, the bill they get is shocking. You could see a scenario where someone installs your thing and all of a sudden their bill is 30 grand a month and they're going, oh my gosh, this is valuable, but it's not 30 grand. It's not worth 30 grand a month. I can't pay this consumption model anymore. Yeah. So you know, I think there's a couple of things that are at play there, and I think it's a really fair. I think it's a really fair point. Um, one, you know, I would I would actually argue that that puts a mandate on vendors like air traffic control to be exceedingly clear 
on what our value is, right? And as a result of being connected to all of the customer systems like CRM, like all their conversion pages, forms, email conversion rates, all that type of stuff, what ends up happening is we can actually talk about uh, whether or not people who are being exposed to personalized content are more or less likely to turn into customers, right? And understanding ACV and opportunity amounts and things like that, we can quantify the value of personalization because we are part of their commercial complex, right? I think one of the problems that happens with consumption models in, in other businesses is that, yeah, hey, this is a shortcut to say, build a product, right? Um, you know, and Twilio has a really hard time saying, hey, when you build stuff on top of all this, this is how much money we've made you. Uh, may, maybe, maybe not. We, we, aren't, we are not unsure because in order for us to work, we have to be tapped into all that data because that's what tells us who somebody is and what they care about. And that comes along with that revenue productivity. And we can see basically by looking at our performance and the customer's prior performance without personalization, what the impact is. So, you know, yeah, right. At a certain point, I start to spend over my skis a little bit. And I'm sure at some point, some people are going to ask us for, you know, sort of flat rate or an annual spend and it'll look more like SaaS or whatever it may be. But I think the mandate when it comes to consumption model businesses, and this hasn't been happening, and you saw it in Snowflake, it's a really astute observation, is that it's sometimes really tough to tie back to every time that happens, whether I'm making money. But the stripes of the world haven't had that problem. Well, that's because right? that is that is making that that is directly making money. It's obviously attributable. Sure, sure. And so it's on us to get as close to attributable as humanly possible, right? And, and yeah, but you're not going to be payment. You're not going to be. You're not going to build a payment processor. No, of course not. Of course not. But I can say that when we do what we do, that that revenues are impacted in positive ways. Now it might turn out that a year down the road, we might find that there are unique instances where depending upon the customer type or whatever it is, two and a half cents isn't actually what we're worth. We had another customer say, well, every time that I actually get a form filled out or I do get a conversion, I actually would like to pay you 30, 40 times more than that. Well, yeah, because it's but tied I to conversion. To you want something further down. Yeah, totally. exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. So, you know, and so that might be what happens. We might get a buck every time the form gets filled out. Who knows? Yeah, right? very um, good. You know, we're, well, we're, open. We're, we're, we're out of time, Nick. We need to wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Oh, God. Uh, anything by Nira Yal, really. Mm. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Hmm. That's a wonderful question. Uh... No, I can't. I can't say that there's anybody that I'm watching right now. I do like this. This guy is running a place called Modern Campus named Brian Kibbe. He's he's super sharp and bringing some big businesses together. I like what he's doing. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building air traffic control besides your own? Oh boy, um, I'm deeply in love right now with uh, with Built With. It helps us a ton with targeting, and it's super inexpensive, and their data is really unique. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? <laughs> Uh, I try to get seven or eight, right? Okay. This idea of this, uh, you know, work porn thing is um, it's not sustainable. And what's your situation? Married, single, kids? Kids, married, house, burbs, the whole thing. How many and kids? Like three. Three, and how old are you? I'm 41 as of Monday. 41. Hey, happy, happy, uh, happy late birthday. Uh, what's, something you wish, <laughs> nice. what's something you wish you knew when you were 20? <laughs> Oh God, uh, it's a long list, but um, ask more questions, have less opinions. 
Guys, he sold his first company, learned a lot, raised a bunch of VC, now bootstrapping airtrafficcontrol.io, helping brands customize content to deliver it up to inbound leads to ideally increase the likelihood that they end up converting. Again, he's bootstrapped a team of three or four right now. Got his first eight customers signed up, paying anywhere between a grand and 10 grand a month as he looks to scale and really figure out what that pricing is going to look like. Nick, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you very much.